The first time is Chirp Radio's live lit and music series recorded at Martyrs in North Center. The theme this round was First City. We've got um, Dylan Carey, comedian, nice guy, uh, performs weekly at the I.O. Theater around town. Um, he has this solo music comedy act, Groovebox. Follow him on the gram at Groovebox. Guys, give it up for Dylan Carey. Uh, please follow me on the gram. It's very important to me. Okay. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Guys, bad news. Danelle was gone. She had walked out of the 10 by 20 foot entrance station at Crater Lake National Park after her shift and into the woods and she didn't come back. So that's what I told my boss. Danelle is gone. I checked the porta potties at the edge of the woods where she had said she was going. Little blue buildings made by a clever company called Willie Make It. <laughs> See, the porta potties in Oregon are not quite as classy as they are here in Illinois. Here we have such no nonsense names as Drop Zone Incorporated <laughs> or the French styled toilets of Wee Wee Enterprises. All very real companies look them up. Uh, Anyway, I searched the toilets with no success, called into the woods, and searched the radius around the tiny remote entrance station before deciding to call in what had happened. Now, I suppose I should explain uh, who Danelle was and why I found myself working alongside of her when she disappeared. Uh, to give you a mental image for this story, Danelle was, uh, was lean with mousy, short, straight hair, practical glasses, and had a shocking laugh that bordered on panic. Uh, just a joy to work with. Okay. Uh, she, she and I were both seasonal park rangers working the entrance fee station at the breathtaking Crater Lake National Park in Oregon. Uh, it was the summer of my sophomore year in college, and I was following in my parents' footsteps of becoming a park ranger. Uh, my parents had met as rangers in the Everglades in Florida, and we had moved around the country for their careers. We started at, the Everglade, uh, at, the, um, at Cape Canaveral, uh, where the space shuttles take off and also land. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, but they got to come back. Uh, <clears throat> in fact, we live so close to the Cape that the sonic booms created by the shuttles approaching the landing strip at night would send my mom hurrying to my room to see if I had fallen out of bed. Uh, from there, we moved to Johnson City, Texas, birthplace of Lyndon Baines Johnson, 36th Prez, and man who owned a duck car so that he could uh, terrify the guest of his ranch by screaming, the brakes don't work, at the top of the hill before plunging into the Pernales River <laughs> at the Texas White House. Fun guy, look him up. Uh, after that was Chiricahua National Monument, literally the quietest place I have ever been right next to the Mexican border of Arizona. And then finally, Glen Canyon National Recreation Area in Arizona. Glen Canyon houses Lake Powell, a 180-mile reservoir that cuts through a Mars-like landscape where every picture taken is guaranteed to get hella likes on the Instagram. <laughs> because we moved so much, I never really resonated with the city experience and thought of the outdoors and natural places as my first city. Uh, pause for applause based on clever connection of theme. Okay, cool. <laughs> It's fine. It was, it, was, it was written. I had to read. Uh, it was written. So, uh, I was homeschooled until high school, and even then, I went to a Waldorf high school in Austin. Uh, <laughs> represent. You're with me. Uh, which, if you don't know, is a school based on 
an Austrian liberal arts education designed for tree fairies and gnomes. <laughs> it's true. She knows. Uh, even though I was raised outside, I would say that I am pretty well adjusted to social interaction. Uh, don't worry, it is my only childness and not my homeschooledness that is demanding your attention and gratification up here. <laughs> uh, a lot of only childs in the room, okay. Uh, a, a job in the natural science was uh, the sciences was the only path that made sense to me. And that trajectory uh, led uh, me to a major in marine biology and to end up working my first job at the Park Service in Crater Lake. Now, when I say that Danelle and I were both seasonal rangers, I mean that we worked at a park that is so dictated by weather that it is virtually impassable during the winter due to snowfall. Uh, this happens at parks all around the country. Seasonal rangers travel to remote areas to work for six months out of the year in stunning places with too many mosquitoes. Uh, these parks have housing inside the park boundaries to accommodate these temporary hires. And tiny cities pop up that contain your forced companions for the next few months. Uh, Crater Lakes puts their uh, seasonal rangers in a small cluster of log A-frames that line a circular drive spurring off of the main park road their roofs sloping at extreme angles to thwart the sheer weight of the winter snow. There's a community atmosphere in seasonal housing, and rangers that work together during the day would socialize on their days off. Danelle would come to parties occasionally, and we got along fine enough, but she was an odd fellow, and there was a bit of an age difference. She was about as old as how many times I had been told by park visitors, wow, you're really living the dream, huh? <laughs> so about 35. Uh, and I was the age where I would still take my shirt off at parties. <laughs> she knows what I mean, okay. Uh, that afternoon in the summer of 2008, I was set to relieve Danelle at the north entrance station of the park. As I wound around the rim in the government-issued rental car, I truly got a sense of the massive nature of this place. An ancient volcano that had blown its top, leaving a giant crater that filled with snow and rain, creates a mountain lake so deep and so clear that it radiates a shocking cobalt blue. As you descend from the rim, you are surrounded by tall pines and gray rock formations, weathered and worn, but still showing signs of their fiery beginnings. Once you get out of the trees on the north road, you enter a long stretch of pumice desert. I don't even know what else to say about this. It's as weird as it sounds. Just a random little volcanic desert in the middle of the lush Pacific Northwest. And then finally, after about a 40-minute drive, you reach the north entrance station. Well, I parked the car. I said, hey to Danelle, and I started counting my drawer. Where are my cashiers at? <laughs> okay. I got a few of them in the room. Okay. And she said she was going to use the bathroom before heading back to housing. After about 10 minutes of being outside, I started to get concerned. And after about 15, I started searching. Once I figured out she was nowhere to be found, I called it in. What followed felt like a sequence out of a Dick Wolf melodrama. First, law enforcement rangers showed up at the scene to get the details of the situation and to see if they could find her themselves. And after their efforts yielded no uh, results, a search team that consisted mostly of our small city of seasonal rangers was assembled, linking arms and combing the woods surrounding the entrance station. A canine unit arrived, and the dog was given Danelle's sweater and hat. Then they decided the dog looked ridiculous dressed in her clothes, so... <laughs> so they... Uh, 
So they removed the sweater and they just used it just for scent. I like that one, okay. (laughs) Nothing seemed to be working. As dusk fell, a search and rescue helicopter arrived as backup, provided by local law enforcement, and still nothing. Also, as I'm writing this, I'm realizing something that I didn't even think about at the time. I bet I was a suspect. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I didn't even really like Danelle. She was kind of annoying to work with, if we're being honest. Not like murder her in the woods annoying. (laughs) But like, dang it, I'm scheduled to work with Danelle. Oh, well, I guess we'll talk about soup or whatever. (laughs) It's cool. (laughs) So I'm just hoping that phone call came across as sincere. I hope it didn't sound like, Amelia, I don't know how to say this, but Danelle is gone. Ah, dang. And we were having such a great conversation, too. (laughs) Oh, man. Damn, oh well. (laughs) Anyway, fortunately I didn't have to worry about that because just like that, right as dark was falling and four hours into an extensive search and rescue effort, Danelle walked out of the woods as easily as she had walked in. As she was wrapped in an emergency blanket by rescuers, she said that she had not wanted to use the porta-potties and had gotten turned around after walking into the woods to do her business. She was shaken up but unharmed and uh, said that she had tried a few tactics to get the helicopter's attention, such as taking off her colorful bra to wave at the passing helicopters, and had used the highlighters in her pockets to try to color the snow as a beacon. (laughs) Surprisingly, it was not these efforts. but simply the hubbub coming from the road that guided her to safety. Now, Danelle and I have not stayed in touch. (laughs) So I, I don't know how she is currently, but in answer to the question posed so eloquently on those little blue Oregon made porta potties, will he make it? Yes, she did. Thank you so much, guys. As the road winds on into the wide open space 
the wind plays a haunting tune as I made my way through the night all alone. I've been dreaming again of a lonesome world where I'm lost and I got no friends. Just the rocks and the trees and my lonesome dreams and a road that don't ever end. I've been dreaming again of a lonesome world where I'm lost and I'm on my own. But I'm not destined to be, it's a mystery, baby, just please don't leave me alone, yeah. Starlit sky and the seasons change in the blink of an eye. I watch as the planets turn and the old stars die and the young stars burn. But I don't really know this place and it's lonesome here in the wide open space. Can it be as real as it seems? Maybe this time I won't wake from the dream. I've been dreaming again of a lonesome world where I'm lost and I've got no friends. Just the rocks and the trees and my lonesome dreams and I know that don't never end. I've been dreaming again of a lonesome world where I'm lost and I'm on my own. What I'm destined to be it's a mystery, baby, just please don't leave me alone, You can find this and other Chirp Radio interviews and podcasts at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.